From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, the Scottish Retinal Detachment Study. In our series, round hole detachment showed a strong association with lattice degeneration, which was independent of refractive error. First this. As seen from here reaches ophthalmologists in 98 countries, transfers more than half a terabit of podcasts every month. But the potential audience is much larger. Please tell your colleagues about this free resource, Flattening the Ophthalmic World. And while you're at it, let your residents and fellows know about Open Ophthalmology, a free basic science video podcast, already a force in ophthalmic education with 1,800 viewers watching 6,000 video lectures every month. Information wants to be free. Help me give it away. Sometimes medicine is about pathophysiology and disease mechanism. Sometimes medicine is about empirical data and probability. Danny Mitry's study of pathological associations of retinal detachment in the Scottish population is squarely in the second camp. Understanding etiology is important, but recognizing the pathology in the first place is more important, and epidemiological studies can direct us to populations at greatest concern. Prior to your study, what was known about the relative incidence of different etiologies of regmatogenous retinal detachment? We've known that the incidence of regmatogenous retinal detachment has been approximately 10 per 100,000. However, there have been few recent studies on the subtypes of um, regmatogenous retinal detachment, and especially given the recent advances in vitreo retinal surgery and the increase in cataract surgery, particularly in the West. And previous studies um, performed were mainly in Finland and Sweden, and Charles Shapens in the U.S. really highlighted that um, horseshoe tear detachment was quite common in, 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 multiple, in many large series, accounting for 50 to 60 percent, and round hole attachments were, a little, were less common, around 10 to 20 percent. And some of these studies also highlighted the existence of predisposing degenerations in both eyes and uh, the importance of examining both eyes thoroughly. Danny, this study deals with the Scottish Retinal Detachment Study. What, what is that study? So the Scottish Retinal Detachment Study was started in 2007, and it's a prospective multi-center surveillance study, and its aim was to recruit all incident cases of primary regmatogenous retinal detachment in Scotland over a two-year period. Now, Scotland has a population of approximately 5 million people, and there are six vitreoretinal centers that manage all diagnosed cases. So recruitment involved a clinical questionnaire and a blood sample, which was taken as part of an ongoing larger genetic study. And over the two-year period, we recruited 1,202 cases of primary RRD, and this accounted for over 94% of the entire surgical workload over the two years. A case was defined as a break with a, a surrounding area of subretinal fluid that was two disc diameters or more, and that's the classic tradition of a regmatogenous retinal detachment, the classic definition, sorry. The exclusion criteria um, were any other type of detachment, which included tractional RD, combined RD, penetrating injury, and redetachments in the same eye were all excluded. Denny, for the purpose of this study, how was posterior vitreous detachment defined? A PVD was defined as the presence of a vice ring on biomicroscopy and was inferred from the type of break. 
secondarily. So a horseshoe tear um, break or a giant retinal tear. In addition, um, any if there was a PVD present intraoperatively, um, that was documented as well. Denny, what were your results? What were your findings? So over two years, we've detailed clinical data on 1,130 cases of primary RRD. Um, for clarity, these are best looked at in, in, in several stages. So principally, I'll, I'll just mention the epidemiology, and then I'll go on to talk about some of the predisposing risks we identified. Please. Looking at the epidemiology, overall, 87% of cases were associated with a PVD. And of this, the vast majority were horseshoe tears, with 2% accounting for giant retinal tears. Uh, 12% of cases were abs- had a PVD-absent detachment, and of these, 40% were round holes, 47% were retinal dialyses, and the remaining 12% were retinoscisis detachments. Um, retinal detachment across all categories was more common in men, both in PVD and non-PVD groups, and was more common in right eyes. Um, going on some of the risk factors we identified, refractive error has been highlighted previously. Um, overall, high myopia was present in 16% with all levels of myopia. This is anything greater than minus one present in 60%. Um, interestingly, round hole detachments were an average 1.3 diopters more myopic than horseshoe tear detachments. Um, regarding the phacic status, 20% of our patients had previous cataract surgery and the medium, t- medium time from cataract surgery to detachment was three years. One in five of these cataract surgeries were complicated with vitreous loss at the time. And looking at trauma, 10% of cases reported ocular trauma and over half of all dialyses reported significant trauma, which likely accounts for the predominance of young males in this group. However, this probably isn't the complete story as lattice degeneration was also seen in 10% of trauma cases. Um, going on some of the peripheral degenerations, overall lattice degeneration was seen in 18% of detachments. However, this was much higher in round hole detachments. This was as high as 35%. Um, and this trend was noticed for other peripheral degenerations with a high, much higher frequency in round hole detachments compared to PVD-related detachments. Um, and finally, if we look at some of the breaks and extent of detachment, nearly half of all horseshoe tear detachments were caused by more than one break. And in round hole detachments, this was as high as 68%. Uh, looking at where the breaks were, in PVD detachments, they were superior temporally in 56%, followed by superior nasally. In round hole detachments, the most common sites were inferior or superior temporally in 41%. And both skysis and retinal dialysis were found infratemporally in more than half of the cases. Looking at the extent of detachments and PVD cases presented most most commonly with a greater area of detachment. So this suggests that as well as being more common, PVD detachment may progress faster than non-PVD detachment. Another interesting aspect was the rate of familial retinal detachments. Approximately eight of our eight percent of our cases had an affected first-degree relative. These cases were significantly more myopic than the general population. And in a separate paper, we describe in detail the heritability of retinal detachment and the likely underlying genetic influence of this condition. You mentioned that lattice is a risk factor for regmentogenous retinal detachment. And, and we know that lattice is associated with myopia. Was lattice degeneration a risk factor independent of its association with myopia? This is a very interesting point um, that a lot of people have thought about. Unfortunately, our study wasn't designed specifically to answer this question, but what we can infer 
is, as you mentioned, lattice and myopia, and in particular high myopia, are strongly linked. However, in our series, round hole detachment showed a strong association with lattice degeneration, which was independent of refractive error. Um, in, addition, in addition to that, if lattice degeneration was present, then it was also in the fellow eye in 61% of cases, which predisposes to holes within the lattice or indeed tears at the edge when a PVD happens. You mentioned the association of schesis with trauma and suggested that this might, might be the, the, the reason for the higher incidence in, in men. But you... you also found a higher incidence in right eyes as opposed to left eyes. What what do you make of that? Yeah, well, the um, the, the high rate of trauma was in the dialysis um, group, actually, not the first group. But regarding the right eyes, yes, um, previous studies have shown that right eyes are more dominant than left eyes, and right eyes tend to be more my and dominant eyes tend to be more myopic. And um, so there are subtle differences in axial length that show the axial length in right eyes in large population series is, is greater than those in left eyes, and that may be one factor. Um, and looking at the gender differences, certainly excluding trauma, there have been some interesting work at look, looking at the postnatal modification of collagen at the vitreous base, um, and this work suggests that men may have a more irregular vitreous base than women, which may predispose to tears during their vitreous detachment. Denny, how do your data compare with those of prior studies? In many ways, it's, it's difficult to provide a direct comparison as previous large-scale studies were conducted at least over a decade ago, and inclusion criteria have differed depending on the level of clinical data obtainable and the type of intraocular surgery that was performed at the time. Nonetheless, our study really highlights the different characteristics of PVD and non-PVD detachments and really illustrates the importance of myopia and peripheral retinal degeneration and multiple retinal breaks on the etiology of retinal detachment. The rate of pseudophagic detachment is not as high as one might expect given the rate of cataract surgery in developed countries, and this may highlight a trend towards a decreasing incidence of pseudophagic RD. Your study suggests a greater association with PVD than have done previous studies. D does this reflect your, your study population? And, and on that same theme, to, to what extent uh, should your findings be generalized to other populations, like, for example, the population patients that I deal with? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think this finding may reflect the older population and the higher life expectancy in a well-developed country as the peak incidence of a PVD is in the 60s, and this is closely mirrored in the, the peak um, incidence age group for retinal detachment. Certainly, the characteristics of retinal detachments and predisposing features such as myopia will vary depending on the population and the ethnicity. Having said that, I think our data is likely to be representative of other well-developed countries with a predominantly white Caucasian ethnicity. Danny, as a clinician, the, 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 the bottom line question for me is this. Uh, I'm, I'm already wary of regmatogenous retinal detachments in my PVD patients. How do I incorporate your findings in, into my clinical practice? Well, essentially, a thorough examination of the retina in both eyes is important to identify retinal breaks or predisposing areas of degeneration. In addition, high-risk patients can be stratified by identifying the level of myopia in the patient and previous cataract surgery or other intraocular surgery and the family history of retinal detachment. 
um, I should stress that if one break is found, it is really important to look for a second break, as in at least half of the time this will be present. As this, this is a large uh, prospective study on retinal detachment, there are several papers highlighting the bilateral, bilaterality of retinal detachment and findings of the fellow eye that might be interesting to some of our listeners. Danny, thank you very, very much. Thank you for your time. It was uh, great to uh, get in touch. Danny Mitri is a PhD student at the Public Health Sciences section at the Center for Population Health Sciences at the University of Edinburgh Medical School in Edinburgh, United Kingdom. His paper, The Predisposing Pathology and Clinical Characteristics in the Scottish Retinal Detachment Study, appears in the May 2011 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Mitri or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As seen from here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.